and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies. The year is 2021. New movies exist again. And they're in theaters. Theaters exist again. For now, who knows? Coronavirus still exists. But we're going to movies because we're filled with Fauci-ouchies and are ready to fuck. My name's Robbie Anderson. I'm your host today. <laughs> and... Uh, this is a podcast where we cover movies. Uh, Story Screen, if you're not familiar, is a website, it's a movie theater, it's uh, housing for all things culture and cinema. Some might say. I did. Um, you can go on our website, storiesandbeacon.com, to uh, find more podcasts and more articles, and you can also find showtimes for our for our movie theater. Uh, and I'm joined by the hard to lock down, but I've been having good luck lately getting them on the episodes, the founder of Story Screen. Mike Burge, how are you? I'm good. I'm the emergency go-to. The emergency go-to, you said? I'm the emergency go-to. When everybody else is busy, I just uh, you, you get slide busier right in instead of, <laughs> I guess, doing if what I, everybody else does, which is just say no. Because <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I, I, I can't leave you high and dry. You could do an episode get on your out. own. But I, think I would only, not want to. I think I we only get to. one of those. No one really... No one really wants just me doing that. I would listen to one episode of you just talking. <laughs> just just chatting it around. People yeah, liked, well, people liked uh, the Grinch episode that I did, that it was just me talking about the Grinch and feeling sad at Christmas. That's such a specific, like, there's a lot more going on there. Well, that's just you gotta me. Do, you gotta first, first of all, it's, it's you. Well, my hook is talking to people. And Mike, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, especially about Marvel movies. Uh, we're here to talk about Eternals. I keep wanting to call it The Eternals. It's not the title of the movie. It's just it's not, Eternals. Not the fucking name of the movie. No. That's not the fucking name of the movie, which is why no. I didn't I didn't do it. I, I looked at my screen and I got it right this time. Directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao. Uh, a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has been mired with controversy even before anyone saw it. Hmm. Which is funny how that works. Hmm. And the argument, you know, it's it's at the the epicenter of this battle of diversity, Rotten Tomatoes, Kumail Nanjiani. Does he pop his top? He doesn't even pop his spoilers. He doesn't even pop his top in this fucking. Yeah, movie. I was gonna say spoilers. The no one even you, pops. His, no one even pops the Calm top. Down. Uh, but yeah, we're in the spoiler-free section of this long-awaited Marvel movie. And uh, Mike, I'd love to hear your hot take on Eternals. So just up front for everybody listening, usually I am a pretty foul-mouthed little boy. I am a sailor. Um, today I'm in a particularly frisky mood um, vocally. Wow. I apologize if I uh, if I swear a little bit too much. I promise I will try to uh, take it back. It's got nothing to do with the movie. It's more I'm kind of running around and doing a bunch of stuff. So I hope I don't come across as too hostile. Um <laughs> First, uh, I'm sipping on a nice Miller High Life right now. It's it's You're two p- it's two p.m. in the afternoon. I'm vibing. I'm gonna go make yeah. some pasta for my mommy who's coming over for a birthday. I got a day. Um, but first off, a couple things of housekeeping that I'll get through real quick because I know we wanna we wanna make this one nice and clean and tight. This is a good entry episode for our new listeners. Uh, one welcome. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is is fucking stupid. Stop talking about it. Um, the, the, the controversy, yeah, we're going to talk about it, but like overall, just like if you ever, if anything is ever in the news about Rotten Tomatoes, stop. It's, it's, it's bullshit. It's not real. It's the same thing as when Netflix is like 20, more people than anyone else that lives on planet earth watched six underground or whatever the fuck it was called. It's like, they're lying. They're making it up. Just don't (laughs) worry about it. It's, it's all bullshit. Um, two. Uh, this movie's diverse as fuck, and I am here for it. Three, Robbie, your glasses are fucking amazing. Are oh, those like new? These? I so I wore them when we saw it last night in Soho. Ah. so you've seen them before in person, but they I, are new. I was in a bit of a a, a a headspace during that screening as well. I was having you a were. Pretty, I was in a pretty rough day. Oh, dude, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I are you fa- having a good day I, with I me? Are you having I a good time really with me good. right now? Yeah. Oh my god, dude, I'm so sorry. We could do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Eternals and we'll be good. I'm going to have a great time talking with you about Dune tomorrow. OG Dune. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. That's going to be on exclusive content, guys. But yeah, uh, no, Eternals, uh, your glasses are absolutely fantastic. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Eternals. Uh, first off, um, 
Icarus, Circe, Druig, Fastos, Makari, Ajax, uh, wow, you Kingo, got him, Sprite, Gilgamesh, Michi, and Thena. It's not that hard. One of the biggest things, I just did that off my head. One of the biggest things everybody's talking about is like, I don't remember anybody's name. And I'm like, I saw this movie once and I do. I don't know what you're doing, man. Like, you don't yeah. have to remember everybody's name, but you can. It's not the it's, movie's fault. I don't, I no, remember it, but every, like, it's yeah, not the movie's fault. It's there's my a lot fault. of, th- yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things they <laughs> yeah. give every, they say their names over and over again Const, so that you can get const, it. Constantly. Um, <laughs> but I think that's, uh, I think that's one of this movie's biggest strengths. Uh, I think this movie is good. Um, I don't think it's great. Um, I think it could have been great, but not with either Chloe Zhao and Marvel involved. I think if both of yeah. them are involved, it was kind of destined to either be an absolute mind-blowing masterpiece or good. And unfortunately, and more likely, it has landed on yeah. good. Um, my hot take, real brief, is um, I think all of the characters in this are well-developed. I like all of them. I would be excited to see all of them interact with other characters in the MCU that I've seen before, which is the whole point of this Marvel experiment, which is kind of just a reality now, but will probably still only be around for another 10 years. So don't worry about it. Um, I think this movie is very cool in the sense that Chloe Zhao is obviously able to inject a lot of what she wants to do into both the script and the directing, the story that she wants to tell. There's a lot of really cool stuff in here. Her signature is in parts of this. And also at the same time, Marvel has all of their stuff in there as well that you've come to expect from these things. However, I feel like there's not enough Chloe Zhao and there's not enough Marvel. Um which makes it feel not like a Chloe Zhao movie and not like a Marvel movie. And I'm into it not feeling like a Marvel movie, but when it also doesn't feel like a Chloe Zhao movie, it kind of feels like nothing. And it kind of feels like this one-off, which maybe is the intention. Cause I think that this movie is more or less a fun introduction to not only these characters that they're going to utilize to connect certain story elements, but also really just keep opening up the space the space stuff, trying to kind of merge the yeah. idea of, you know, things that have been presented to us in the Thor movies and the Guardians movies and Infinity War and Endgame, really just trying to blow out this kind of space stuff. Um, yeah. And I think on that job, they do a very good job. I think it's an enjoyable movie. You don't feel the runtime much in the same way as Dune. Uh, I just wish that it was a little bit more of a Chloe Zhao movie or a little bit more of a Marvel movie. I would have been fine going either way. But the way that it is, it just kind of feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. And when I was watching it, I didn't know. That kind of kept me from really connecting with the overall story. I connected with the characters, I think, a lot more than some people did. Uh, I really like the character of Icarus, and I really like Richard Madden's, um, how he approaches playing that character. Uh, It's cool. Uh, It's a cool movie. It's good. What did you think? Uh, I left the movie feeling disappointed because I saw so much potential in what I watched. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, going into it, I didn't really have any expectations besides just like, I can't wait to not be on Twitter for like a few hours. And that's usually, that's kind of what I was getting out of just like the Eternals discourse has been so annoying because the conversation around it is like not even interesting. Um, I think it's diversity is super strong. I think it's like um, meta narrative, biblical overtures are really loud and really sing sometimes i do like it's like like you know a lot of it's world building in the marvel universe level of like how like the mcu came to be is like through the dna of the eternals a lot of the celestial politics and really big themes i really fuck with um and yeah mike i really i I really like the way that you summed it up of how it doesn't really land as either a marvel movie or a chloe's out movie like they're almost like kind of at odds with itself yeah and one of the things that you and i would talk about you know because i think you were you were not i don't want to say skeptical of the movie but you're pretty like cautious about this movie leading up to it and i was always really excited because i was like well i love chloe's out and i think like i'm ready for a marvel movie that's not gonna feel like a marvel movie and like in some ways i did get that but not in the ways that i wanted right exactly (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah um and yeah, I mean, for me, my favorite characters, um, you know, Barry Cogan, 
gotta love gotta love the fucking the, the king so like oh, druid i really fucked with shit the king of that y'all he's, he's my, you uh, put him in anything I'm he's, he's my background on my phone right now eating spaghetti i love that shit um no yes, spaghetti druid. scenes in eternals though unfortunately no no i don't think so we've had a very uh, well they have dinner they have dinner they have there has been a good trust me i was not spaghetti very close attention to what they were eating but we've had a very heavy spaghetti a spaghetti heavy Sp- heavy. A spaghetti heavy year. A spaghetti heavy year. Lamb had a spaghetti scene. Tatan had a spaghetti yes. scene. We are yes. we're swimming in spaghetti scenes right now. It's 2021 will be remembered as as a year of many spaghettis. Um so yeah, love Druig, love Fastos. Um and I also really liked uh I, I like, you know, I like Kingo. I like Kingo. I like Mel Nanjiani. Anyone who talks about how it's like, I can't believe he's strong, doesn't that suck? It's like I don't really know what the fuck I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking strong. about strong i don't know what the fuck he's just, going he's just on. built man he's he's rich yeah. he, he exercised he's rich yeah. he can afford to take time to exercise and eat right and look really good have yeah, you ever it's weird if you think it's weird yeah <laughs> it's have you ever seen weird. that um no glenn howerton is not that's dennis who plays mac uh Oh, Rob McKenney. Rob McKenney. have you ever seen his tweet about like you know the the whole bit in um uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where like he got really fat for like a season yeah. or two. And then one season he was completely jacked and ripped ripped. Yeah. And, and he was like, he did a tweet where he was like, uh, he was like, I don't understand why everybody talks about why oh, this is yeah. so hard. <laughs> it's, it's easy. All you have to do is eat right. Don't eat after 7 PM, get 10 hours of sleep a day, hire the professional trainer who like helps sculpt the abs of Chris Hemsworth, have a, have an entire studio pay all of your budget for working out and doing all of this stuff. And it's like, he just did the ridiculousness of like, we should not have to aspire to look like that. I'd love to look like of how course. Kamal Nanjiani looks. I would love to, but uh, I like food and love beer yeah. and really like not exercising. Like I love sleeping, not bro. Running when That's I don't have to. to. Not running when I don't have to is my favorite thing to do. So It's great. <laughs> but but good on him, man, because that's definitely got to be very very good for his wife. Um because you know, she entered gotta it, love it. she entered into the relationship just like this guy's funny, he's a cutie pie, he's smart. I love his personality. He has a great personality. And all yeah. of a sudden he just becomes this object that you just can't wait to fuck and it's just like great. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. No, they seem to have a really healthy relationship before and now yeah. they can only be healthier. Like um, I said, like he's, yeah. oh, I also really like the, um, he went from the big sick to the big thick. Sorry, I just had to get that joke out real quick. That's uh, don't that's know really good. I really like that. Before. Okay. Uh I also like Makari. Uh I thought hmm. she was really cool too. Yeah, so you know those are the those are the 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 ones who really work for me, and I think it's kind of emblematic of like what half of the movie really works for me because I think the last hour of this movie is is running a little bit. It's at a better pace for me. I was a little bit more on board. The things are set up. I was into it. I do think the opening of the movie. I think the opening of the movie is insane. Uh, it's paced so weird. It introduces you to these characters in a way that I'm just like a little like taken back by, mm. and. If you've seen the trailer, you know that there's a lot of like time jumping that happens in the movie, which we I need like. to talk about this fucking trailer doing yeah. this fucking movie dirty. You think so? I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it's kind of what we got, right? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's what we got. I'm saying there's moments in the trailer. You know, I don't want to get spoilery just off the bat, right. but we can talk about specific. But there's moments in the trailer that do not happen until later on in the movie. And you're just like. Oh, Wait, yeah. So that's what's going on. Specifically with a major twist reveal, there's something in the trailer that like if you get to a point in the movie and you know that you haven't seen that scene yet, you're like, "Wait a second. This has to be what's going on." Yeah. And it um it really was mind-boggling to me. I watched this movie uh I I I I watched this movie um I woke up at 7 a.m. on Wednesday did all of my Wednesday stuff for the theater, getting everything ready for the week, worked at the Wednesday shift at the theater until about 11 p.m. And around 10.30 p.m., I got a message that I needed to check the DCP, on, have the projectionist test, check the DCP on Eternals because some DCPs have been reported to be glitchy and they needed enough time, if you needed it again, to send it out for the Thursday screenings the next day. So then I had to stay at the theater until like 3.30 in the morning watching oh Eternals. God, so that. that was me watching the movie. So if anybody was has the inclination to not like this movie it Should would be, be it would be me and again yeah. i think it's 
good fine great job everybody go again yeah. please uh but while i was watching it in like the, the 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 haze of like being up for practically 24 hours i was just like you know that gif of jack nicholson from the shining where he's just like what what like sitting yeah. there just like what are you talking about i was just like why would they put that in the trailer why the fuck would they put that in the trailer if this is how they're sectioning this movie out and it kind of blew me away and it's it's one of those things where it's like i don't you know, you asked me about showing the new Batman trailer um, yeah. at the theater, and I have always only shown the Batman teaser, Last Night in Soho teaser. I haven't shown the full trailers as they come out. Even though studios don't really like that, I kind of let them know. I'm like, listen, I think this trailer gives away too much, or I think this teaser has a better attitude and is more representative of what what we're hoping to get out of this thing. You know, with the Batman trailer, that trailer kicks ass. It's fucking awesome. It's got stuff that the teaser doesn't have. But that, that teaser, second last night in Soho trailer is like it's just garbage. Good. It's the whole movie. It's, it's fuck, just the it whole sucks. fucking movie. Yeah, man. It doesn't have yeah. the attitude of the the non. It's not the tone. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the first teaser for last night in Soho is just like like I love trailers. Great. I study trailers. I make trailers. I convert trailers to play and create the trailer reels. Like. There's something about a good trailer that, you know, the Last Night in Soho teaser doesn't have any lines of dialogue from the movie until the very end, which is, do you believe in ghosts? And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, that's yeah. cool. And the, ne- uh, the, the, the next trailer just has, the this plot. is what the fucking movie's about. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, I guess so. But like, we don't need that. I, I, I like a little table setting. I don't need to see, I don't need to read the full menu before I yeah. check in, you know? I think Eternals is a hard movie to advertise. It's an easy movie to advertise because it has the big Marvel in front of exactly. it. You know? That's people are just like, I'm a fucking see. Only it. reason people went and saw this movie. Yeah, and like it's doing well. It had the second largest opening of pandemic era movies this year. Yeah, but it's one of the and worst. It's one of the worst Marvel. It's one of the worst. Movie, it's one of the worst movie Marvel movies ever made. It's, yeah. it's certified rotten, Robbie. Maybe you haven't. I, heard. Actually, I have the Rotten Tomatoes pulled up, even though it is bullshit. But 48 percent critical, 80 percent audience score. Um. So, you know, the fanboys, they yeah, came it's out. The, the last they came Jedi out for flip. it. Don't worry. It's the last yeah, Jedi It's just flip. like, which is, I always like, usually it's just like, well, I don't really like that shit um, as a critical man. But uh, yeah, is, I mean, like, I do think. Are, yeah. Critical man. You're a critical man. It's very, very critical man. How's your girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, like, she's great. That's good. Happy to hear. She deserves really, it. She's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Great. She, she deserves the best in the world. Awesome. She's doing very good. Hi, Claire. I love, uh, she says hi. Yeah. In the future when she's listening to this. Cause yes. She will. Yeah. Cause she loves, she loves the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your girlfriend? My domestic partner. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, how's your domestic okay. partner? <laughs> oh, I apologize. Uh, oh, my uh, she, bad. She's really good. She's, make, she's, uh, she's making a cake downstairs right now for my mom's birthday. Damn. Look at us. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> It's a couple of pieces of shit that found someone to love them. Uh, um, what else do you want to talk about before spoilers? Let's jump in. Yeah, let's see. Do you have any uh, other like, cultural... Cultural things to bring up about the film? No, I mean, like, you know, we talked about, like, the Rotten Tomatoes of it, which is, like, you know... These get rid of Rotten Tomatoes because every time a movie comes out, they're like, it got review bombed again. I'm like, sounds like it sounds like this thing needs to it doesn't get fucking thrown in the garbage. It's not real. Shut it's up. It's stupid. It sounds yeah. stupid. And then I also think that the... Um, Read it's a just review. A movie that, like, Read a review. Find yeah. a reviewer that you like. This is like how it used to work. Like Roger Ebert, it's how it should be. Cisco, like, uh, like go to AA Dowd, go to Vulture.com, yeah. go to AV Club. Find a reviewer that you like or a site that you kind of agree with some of their stuff. And when a movie is coming out, they'll have a review up two weeks before it comes out, and they'll let you know how it is. Just yeah. go by that, or I don't just know. Do that if you like movies, just go watch movies. Like, shut up about this Rotten Tomato. I can't. I hate. Rotten Tomatoes no, so much, it gets me so worked up, and I'm sorry. No, you should. Well, you know, I get it, man. And another thing that I really don't like with the Rotten Tomatoes score led into was, like, the the, the sum up uh, another conversation around the movie was just, like, well, can it be, like, people were, people were defending it, like, oh, well, because it's diverse, people are saying yeah. it's bad, and those people are pieces of shit. Whereas it's like, listen, the movie can be diverse, and it can also suck. And there are people who will not like it because it's diverse, and there are people who will not yeah. like it 
because it might suck. The thing is, there's a lot. I mean, honestly, dude, like, you know, I like Marvel stuff. So this movie like hit on a certain level for me. And I do think it has more merits than it, than flaws. I do think like when you look at the pantheon of Marvel movies, I think it's one of the weakest ones. You know, that's my opinion. But I do think it's, yeah. you know, I think it's I, on I the think, lower. I think it's on the lower ring. You know, I think like, that this movie will bop again. Like I, with movies like this, I kind of always like, like I'm thinking like, how am I going to react to this movie 10 years from now? Like how we look back on like Iron Man yeah. and stuff like that, or even in a year, like Avengers is going to be 10 years old and Avengers is already yeah. like a stone cold classic of like that series. At least in my opinion, like I put on Avengers no, on Christmas right. day in the same way that someone would put on like home alone. That's my age. I grew up with that. I'm like, this is a soothing thing. And Eternals, I kind of look at like, we're going to see what this all was after the context of how these guys interact with everything else because yeah you know this to not get too specific this movie is setting up a very important thing that marvel needs to do and a, a very important thing that marvel is always very good at doing which is understanding how all of these big shifts and changes need to be dulled out they tested the waters with guardians of the galaxy like can we do space shit and they tested the waters with like you know doing more like kind of interstellar multiverse kind of stuff with like you know Loki and WandaVision stuff like they're testing yeah. the waters and the 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 big movies coming out next are all multiverse stuff which we've already dealt with with WandaVision, Loki, um mm -hmm. you know, we're getting all of that stuff in there. Then we've got Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. I think it's very telling that the next three big movies after that, The Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Thor Love and Thunder are all space movies. And we just had a movie that completely introduced this new concept in space and all these characters who can travel in space freely. Yeah. And I think you're going to see all these characters pop up in those three movies to kind of connect it to the celestial thing, which will open us up to Galactus, which will open yeah. us up to Fantastic Four. I think that's the entire thing. They're getting the multiverse going like this is how we get Fantastic Four in. this is how we get X-Men in. this is how we get all those things in. All right, now let's open up the space thing because that's the big thing about Fantastic Four is their big space. It's a big space kind of thing. We need to open that yeah. back up and let's do that because honestly, everybody that they've already worked through, they've lost Captain America. They lost Iron Man. They're about to lose Spider-Man. You know, a lot of the all the really interesting things are kind of the space stuff. And they can kind of commit like a good solid like three years to like a bunch of space stuff before coming yeah. back home, starting fresh and like really kind of just reorganizing and being like, OK, and so now here's your new Avengers. Some of the space people will be here and stuff like that. And I think that that's their plan. And Eternals is kind of like it is in that way. It's kind of like the Iron Man. They're kind of just like, here's some stuff. What do you guys think? Got it. OK, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I think that I'm excited to see these characters interact with other Marvel fare going forward, because um, I think the, you know, the characters that, you know, are around by the end of the movie are very interesting to see, and, uh, yeah, and I and I agree, and I agree again. Like the things I like about the movie are the the really big concepts at play in it, and uh, I think those are interesting. For Marvel going forward, I do think you know it's interesting, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like stunning in some ways with especially with like loki and eternals and to see just how like big the stakes can get it makes things like endgame almost seem like kind of small you know like it's 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 that like expanding and contracting of the narratives in the mcu is is very interesting to see you know you're getting to such like giant reality breaking conflicts you're just like well how does even like the previous 10 movies or however many like even matter in the grand scheme of things. It's like, well, maybe they don't. I don't know. Like, maybe that's kind of the point. It's interesting. It's interesting to see, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what's going on with Marvels going forward. Uh, I'm, you know, in my personal opinion, it's it was a little weak for me. But I definitely think if you're into Marvel movies, it's worth seeing. I think the score is one of the best scores these movies have had. In Mad long. It's, I think it's cool. Really, cool really score. Good. It's really good. Um, I was a little disappointed by, and I hate to even bring up this criticism because I've seen it from like really annoying people, but I kind of agree. I do think the color palette I wish was a bit more interesting or a bit more like flashy, like more like Jack Kirby stuff. It's a little muted. Um, I think the special it's effects the, for the most it's part the house are pretty style. good. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, like you know, it's it's cool, but yeah. it's it's like the house yeah. style. Like you've got a, a couple different versions of the house style, but it always is a little muted, a little pale, a little dark. That's kind of just how they do it. 
I I would I would have also liked a little bit more color, but I do think that you know in that sense you know that I I think that they do hearken to the weirdness uh, and the unabashed um, like goofball zaniness of the comics of like yeah. these celestial beings and these Eternals and what they stand for what they do what their characters are the elements of the movie it's I think that. I think that they get away with a lot that I commend them for that I wouldn't have expected them to go for because you can only go so far when you're releasing this thing to like a massive audience. You know, you don't want to yeah. taint the Marvel brand too much because they're it's, on a fucking run. They're on a roll. They're on a run. And that's I think that's why it's hard. I think that's why a lot of people like you have some people who are into this stuff who are getting a little fatigued on it. I'm not quite there yet, but I can, I can see it. I can see how it can happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think in terms of like, Something I really liked about Shang-Chi uh, that I um, I didn't have a chance to talk to you guys because it wasn't on the episode. I was in Cali. But um, the I really loved the design um, of the rings that he has on like from like a sound a, like design perspective and just from like the way it was like used in the world. And I really like the way that um, all of the Eternals powers are designed. I love that aesthetic, the the like thin gold twine that kind of makes up their abilities. Yeah, it kind of really looks like, like Great Gatsby banner artwork. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like roaring pretty funny. I like that, yeah. Stuff, yeah. But like, you know, there's a, like Gilgamesh has like these like fists that he used and the sound design, every time he fucking hits something, it sounds so cool. Every time Kingo does his gun stuff, it sounds really cool. And uh, I even really like what they, even like the more subtle characters like uh, Druig and Fastos, like I really like the way that just their powers look sound and what they do and i think that's that's re i think that's really cool and that makes me excited to see them in other movies going forward as well you know totally but yeah that's that's what i got in on spoilers you got anything else we recommend if you're in the marvel movies you gotta see it you know yeah, if you want to talk out, shit man. about it's it a... you have to see it if you want to talk shit about this movie you have to fucking see it so well, just get that out of the way unless you're on rotten tomatoes then there's no rules <laughs> there's chaos you can do whatever the fuck chaos. you want uh, no, I right, recommend right. it. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want to talk some specifics because I think some of my favorite parts of the movie are very specific character moments. Spoilery. And yeah. uh, would love to discuss with you. Cool. So we'll be right back to talk about spoilers for Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao, the character driven drama. We'll be right back. And we're back for, uh, fuck. We're, Mike, did, are they going to hear the scream that you did? Are they going to hear the scream? Or are you going to cut that out? Because I think you could. I'll leave the scream in. I mean, they already right. know if they're listening to this. So. <laughs> um, Mike startled me. We're back with spoilies for Eternals. We're going to talk about who dies, which there are some characters that die. Um, of course there are. There are, of course there are. Did Mike, I make that are, joke to you before... The, the scene in the movie about like I was like oh they're gonna kill so many of those motherfuckers no no that's I was like I was really like funny. I was like oh there's like ten of them like oh they're gonna kill like so many of these guys someone someone started like they got it trending and it was just like rest in peace Kingo and people were just making up that Kingo died and I think that's really funny <laughs> they're just like Kingo's dead <laughs> he didn't make it um Mike what are some of the specific moments you wanted to talk about this movie uh, I love Gilgamesh so much. I think the scene where they go and uh, find him for the first time and he's like, oh, you want my pie? And he just like, yeah. like how they show that he's like indestructible is like by him, like grabbing like this, like cast iron skillet directly from this fire. And he's like, you want my pie? And then they tell him something really sad. And he like, the pie slides off and then he like crushes the cast iron skillet. Um, this is the strongest stuff about this movie are the small character moments, the Chloe Zhao the writer yeah. uh, nomad land moments, the moments where she can get in very close and personal with these characters and develop them, not just in a script way, what dialogue is telling us, but in a visual way where we can see these people's eyes and their faces. This movie is cast so fucking well. Um, I think every, every character is given an amazing arc. I think they are all given moments to be able to shine. Obviously you can't have things you can't have 10 characters all have these gigantic culminating arcs that span over two and a half hours. You don't have enough time for that. But I think that they do focus in on the ones they need to. But everybody is also given enough time. Like, I can tell the difference between these characters, not just because 
they are from they are of different gender and different races but i can tell the difference between these people because they're all different they're they're all a different type of member of a family unit and you can see like which three like which other three and like which one yeah. doesn't like the other and like where those all those dynamics kind of move around i think it's really cool and also my favorite thing about this movie that i haven't really heard a lot of people talk about but i've been like kind of bringing up to people as they come out of the movie is i think that it's really cool how Chloe Zhao is able to tap into in a mainstream blockbuster movie the sadness and madness of what it would actually be like being alive for that long. I think yeah. that I think that if you're not locking in on this is why Icarus is like how he is, this is why Cersei and Sprite act the way that they do, this is why Druig is like like it's it's obviously like they're going around like these people have been around for a while. They've been through a lot. They've been together for a long time. But I think that it's it's I think it's really interesting how Chloe Zhao focuses in on how sad this is and how miserable yeah. they kind of are in their existence. Uh, and I'm surprised that we didn't have a scene where it was just like because we didn't we don't see Makari for a while. And I was going to be like, what happened to Makari? Like did Makari like off herself or something because she's just like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I can't wait anymore because she's, she's speedy. She speeds. So I thought maybe that was going to be something that they were going to do. And that was going to push Druig over the line where he was, but they didn't. And that's fine. And I like that because I like Makari. Um, But that's my favorite part of the movie is like all these little character moments that everybody gets, not only to explain what their powers are, which I think they do, thrillingly and very easily you just get to that's what everybody's thing is everybody's got a different thing and Mm. i just love how they flow that out throughout the movie i think the movie is a little long for my taste but i think it's paced perfectly where i never really felt it yeah i don't know if i quite felt the pacing of the movie like it didn't feel overtly long to me it felt pretty long the last movie i saw before this one was last night in soho and that one felt a little long to me personally Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, yeah, I agree. I, I like the way that they dole out their powers. Uh, I particularly really like Druig's character and like where his powers, like, um, when you find out what he's been up to since like, they've all separated. I really like, like that reveal and how he's made this like compound of people that like follow him, but it's like peaceful because he's like created this type of like authoritarianism of the mind. And I think that's like really interesting. Um, and, uh, again, I, and, the minute Brian Tyree Henry is like more like on screen, I'm really into that. And I agree with you that like, I really do love all of the, the character driven moments of, of the movie cool. are Great. really strong Moving for on. me. Yeah. You agree. Um, you agree. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Even like, you know, uh, Richard Madden and, and, uh, Gemma Chan, Gemma Chan, Cersei and Icarus. Like, I feel like they, there are some moments where their connections really, link up with me and like i really vibe with it there's sometimes they feel a little wooden in their performances and you know that's that's just where i'm at with it um, and that's i totally and that's i would i would argue but it could be a bullshit argument i would argue that you think it's on purpose that it's on purpose because i think that right, they so let me are hit you, stilted but please let me no. hit you with this okay. let me hit you with this because like yeah you can make that argument for right, sure right so in the beginning okay there's this whole idea of like evolution happening in the movie and how there are these creatures that are designed that cannot like evolve. The thing is that the um what, what are the name of the monsters in this movie again? The, the, the deviants. deviants. They, the deviants. They can evolve. They can do all that shit. Yes. And that's kind of like why they are seen as the enemy to to uh, Amesh's. Uh, is that the name of the celestial god? Is it Amesh or is it um? Are you talking about? Oh, are you talking about Big Boy? The, the big guy. Big boy. Um, What was that guy's name? You're close. It's like, it's something like it's, that. It's uh, Amish. You, you fucked me up with Amish now. I'm thinking, Erisham. 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 Yes. Um, and yeah, so like, I'm into that. But the thing I really, and I think it's there in the movie, and I just wish they leaned into it more and they lost it because I think they're jumping around between the time periods is that like, I like this idea that the Eternals they don't 
evolve physically, but they evolve emotionally and they evolve so much emotionally over time that they, you know, become a motive and they build personalities and they become full-fledged people. So it doesn't matter that there are these thin synthetic beings. They've evolved the way that humans can evolve emotionally over time. And I even like the idea that maybe if we saw them like in the earlier years of the movie, when they're in Babylon and stuff, they were learning lessons on how to become more human. Mm -hmm. But we don't really, like, get that. And, like, you see it, like, a little bit. Like, you know, you see a character like Kingo when they're in Babylon. Like, it doesn't really have much of a personality. Or at least he doesn't have enough screen time at that point in the movie to have much of a personality. And then when you see him later where he's all, like, super Bollywood and super into that shit and becoming, like, vain as fuck. Like, you're like, oh, well, he had to, like, become that way. And that happened off screen, which is fine. Or, like, you know, you have to have, like, Fastos, like, learn to be scorned by humans and then learn to love humans again Mm -hmm. in his own way. And, like... That's all really cool. And he's another character where in the beginning of the movie, you don't really see him doing much. But I do think that Icarus is a little stilted the whole time. And that's like a harder example because like, you know, you do find out he's kind of the big bad by the end of the movie. So it's like you can make the claim being like, well, you know, he's he's hiding something the whole time, Mm -hmm. you know. But I do think Cersei's like a little stilted at times in ways where it's I'm not super sold Mm -hmm. on on it. And that's and that's me. And like, again, it's not like the most distracting thing in the movie. It's just, a, it's just where I think I'm at with it. Yeah. But I, you know, I was really into, again, like the character driven moments of the movie, I think are really strong. And I, and I almost wish that like, and there's no way they could ever fucking do this, but I almost wish that we had like two movies where instead of it being these jumping around between time periods to create vignettes of introducing the Eternals, where you see him kind of having a big moment in the past and then having a big moment in the present and how, and that's how you introduce them to us now you know like at this point in the movie that it was almost like we had a really like the we it could be two movies or we actually like didn't jump back and forth we just kind of like started in the past and then had a time jump and saw it in the present and then i think some of those like jump forward moments would feel a bit more impactful you know if we had like time to miss them but that's not what they're going for they're going for this more like vignette style non-linear type thing I mean, it's like it's like linear in plot, but it's like non-linear in the way that they dole it out, you know. And that's and that's what they were going for. And I do think, for the most part, that it works. But yeah, I, I again, I think later in the movie it really finds its stride in doing all that. But I think it's a bit of a bumpy ride. They're jumping around, and the scenes when they're in London and they're introducing us to Sprite, Dane, and Cersei. I remember just being like, I feel. I need a grown-up because I feel confused. <laughs> like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on. Okay. Uh, but then once, again, once the movie kept going, I was I was on board. Yeah, I I agree pretty much with everything you're saying. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, Gemma Chan's performance, you know, I think that that's just her mode as an actress. I didn't really find it. True. I didn't find it as wooden as I very much did Icarus as and agree with you, like, on that. On that, it's like, you know, they evolve slowly while they're together as a family unit, but it seems like they all evolve much more after they separate, uh, after right. the fall of that city. Um, and, like, they all still keep in contact and stuff, but that seems to be where the big changes are, like Kingo and and Fastos yeah. and stuff like that. And I think what Icarus's thing is that I think that Icarus is, uh, he never actually fully changes, but he wants to, and he likes Cersei, and is just like, yeah. I will say the things to you that that will make you love me. I, 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 I think you're beautiful. The same thing you said to yeah. me before. And I think you're beautiful. And, and I think because Cersei is also kind of a standoffish, distant character, which is kind of inherent in what she needs to be when it comes to like the whole like Dane Whitman stuff and Icarus, everything. Yeah. Like they're kind of a good match in that way. And when they all separate and they break up, you know, we don't see Icarus. They, no one sees Icarus for like hundreds of years and stuff because he's just like isolating himself because he knows the truth and he's weighed down by this. So it's not even that he's a yeah. bad guy and he's got something to hide. It's that he knows all of this is about to end and he's just trying to make sure that everything goes according to plan. But I think that he's also a, a fucking weirdo. Like, I think that that's because yeah. Richard Madden can play emotion and emotive i've seen the show that he's on where they call it like the bodyguard and i've seen him in game of thrones like this is not his vibe he does not usually act like this so this is a this is a conscious choice that i can only imagine has to be 
kind of digging into that idea of Superman being this alien figure and just not wanting to interact with the world because he sees absolutely zero in common, but he's still a good guy, you know? And what Icarus is doing in this is bad, but he still considers himself like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. If, If I don't do this, everything that we've done doesn't matter. And that kind of brings me to the other thing that you were talking about with the vignettes is I wish that they would have gone a little bit more on sure on, yeah. yeah like not not more like um more flashbacks i want more of each of the flashbacks that we got give me not just hiroshima has already exploded and fastos is crying with ajak give me fastos and ajak walking around hiroshima just before it's about to happen or something like that like give me why are they there? Yeah. Why were they there? Were they there? Did they go there afterwards? Yeah. Did they transport? Or Fastos like, like learning what is about to happen with the technology created. Yes, him like pleading me, with like the government give not me to. Give a little yeah. bit more of that and maybe less of, you know, the big celestial coming out of the planet at the end kind of thing. Cut like 15 minutes off of that fight and yeah. give me like two minutes here, two minutes there. I'd, I, I'd prefer that because I like the idea of the theme of the movie being like, what we do matters and what we have done, we have already done and we can't change it. And it has changed us, but we, we can't change what we've done. And if we're about to completely deviate, deviate from what we are about to do, what we've always meant to do, doesn't that mean that everything that we've already done has been for nothing? That the 6,000 years has been for nothing. Cause we're just about to throw it out the window and, out the window, yeah. and for someone who has lived over 6,000 years, like, I love that that's Kingo's fucking thing. He's like, look, I don't agree with Icarus that, like, it's cool for this to happen. But, like, this is what our job is. Like, this is what we've yeah. been doing. You're and just going to throw it away? I, I like you bringing up Kingo because, like, I like – in the moment, I like that as a character choice that he disagrees. But I think it's so weird that, like – He's gone for the last he pieces conflict. out because he's just like Completely. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, and I I kind of dig that. I, yeah, I just think that like you'd imagine by I think by the explanation of what's happening in the movie that wherever he is, he's also getting unimined into the thing, right? Like, because mm-hmm. don't they That's all get unimined? We get a post credit scene of like a funny unimind of him, like, like should, yeah, or yeah, yeah, and like I think. I think that should have been there yeah. in in some capacity. Like he's on set you know, when you and see him again, reveals him to everybody. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, and like you know, he, you see him like at the end of the movie. He's just like, you know, he's like, ah, it's cool. I guess it's cool you guys did that. I don't really care. <laughs> he doesn't really care, you know. So it's just like a little funny. Um, I think I also think that the uh, you have to have the deviants in this movie. You have to have the deviants in this movie, and I feel like. Bill Skarsgård's crow. Um, I I don't know what I want more or less of with that character, but I know it's it's weird, it's, right? It's weird. Uh, it's not good. It's um, it's weird, man. It's, <laughs> it's weird. Um, he's kind of just like a red herring bad guy. You think that he's going to be the bad guy to try and get your eyes off of Icarus for a while. But he gets dispatched was, so, so easily. easily in so the easily. Movie. He's fucking like, gone. You're like, it kind of makes just shows it a joke. Up. He shows yeah. up. He's like in a cave. He's just like, I'm the side boss, by the way. So if you guys are ready to fight me over here, yeah. and they're all like fighting Icarus. And then like, I don't know, he just gets yeah. murdered in a yeah. cave. These are, these are the issues with the movie. Again, the movie is not great. Um, I think it's yeah. good and fulfilling, but it definitely has moment it has moments that are great but it also has moments that are just like dog shit which is what brings it to good you know it's not just good all the way out everything in this movie is not good it's just like there's great moments that are mainly the smaller personal character moments and then there's good moments that are like the action marvel-y stuff but then there's some dog shit of both of those things and it it messes with it yeah the the whole crow character is like i'm sorry fucking stupid and it's like they yeah it's stupid (laughs) because they don't bring it anywhere they don't bring it it's like i was i was like what is this like they're doing like dragon ball z with cell like like version (laughs) two version like super cell it's like oh now i can talk and articulate and and i'm like all right but like why can you Dude, how are you doing this? What I mean, are you doing to me, to me as like someone who hasn't really read too many Marvel comics, but like you know, I watch like the videos and stuff on it after like watching episodes of the shows and shit. Like, 
you know, when you talk about the deviants, the thing that I think about is the fact that Thanos is an eternal with a deviant gene, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like what he is. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, maybe we'll get. But that's not some canon of that. in the MCU yet. Right, I think, but I, I thought that a, maybe they were the going to fold that in in some yeah, way. Yeah, in the comic for like Infinity War, Endgame and stuff, they do confirm that, but it hasn't been stated in the movies and stuff. But I, I feel like they're eventually going to reveal that and that'll be a whole well, thing where the Eternals will be like, oh shit, we could have stopped Thanos. But they didn't know that he was an Eternal with a deviant gene because they've been living on fucking planet Earth for 6,000 years. Yeah, I mean, now that we learned about his brother and stuff, like... Maybe that will be explained. His brother, who does not look like a Thanos, right? He looks no, he like does not. Harry Styles. He's Eros, yeah. Star Fox, the good boy. Star Fox, the good boy. The man who fucks. Um, he looks like a man who fucks. He, he, uh, in the comics, he once went on trial for uh, sexual misconduct and harassment. I saw oh. that in a video. I was like, weird. It's fun he shit. Got, he was like, he OG me too. He did. He looks exactly like yeah. Harry Styles too. It's pretty fucking wild. Really? That's cool. I like that. That was a fun. That was a cool. It's fucking like reveal. you're like. I thought that was sick. Disney is just all fucking powerful. We're talking about the post credit scene, obviously, because the post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know who the voice is at the end of? Uh... Pat Oswalt. Yeah. Oh, oh, at the end of the at movie. The end, was it? Yeah. Or, um, Who's talking? Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. I had to yeah. listen to the. I re- I, had to look I, it up. I rewound it twice because I was uh, three times. I watched it three times when I first watched it, and I was like. Who is that voice? And I was like, is that like Jeffrey Wright? Like the Watcher? Is that what's going on? And then I was like, wait, no. Live action Watcher would be fucking cool. It would be. But I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's Mahersha Ali. That's Blade. Awesome. And then I saw a bunch yeah. of people starting to like type up on that too. And I was like, fuck yeah. What do you think is the, like, that's an interesting. We really I don't know jumped about into Black that post credit stuff. It's... Yeah, I mean, we, we can circle back if, if Pip, you know. Pip the Troll like, is one of my favorite characters in the comics. I fucking love him. I'm glad he's in. I'm glad Pat Oswalt's playing him. Harry Styles, sick. I'd fuck him. I'd let him fuck me. Eros is like the god of love. Let's fucking go. Gotta keep him in there. Um, yeah, there you go. Dane Whitman. There's a lot of Game of Thrones in this movie. This character's named Cersei. Yeah. There's Richard Madden. There's Kit Harrington. A lot of Game of Thrones. I feel like they should have maybe just stuck to two. Three's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a crowd. Black Knight is um, a one a great Martin Lawrence movie. Look it up. And two, uh, <laughs> just a really really weird character. His whole thing is he's got the ebony blade, and it makes him. I crazy. thought that Kit Harrington just like his his purpose in the movie was so like, you know, when people criticize the Marvel movies, it's just like they're just setting up other movies the entire runtime. Mm-hmm. Like that happens sometimes, but whatever. Yeah. But his his purpose of the entire movie is like he doesn't fucking do anything. He fucking besides, do anything. Like, he's he's a he foil. Do shit. He's he acts as the foil for Icarus and Cersei to have tension in their relationship. He operates as yeah. that throughout the actual movie. Any character could have been that. And they're just like, well, fuck. We need a boyfriend character, and we want to set up this shit. So fucking make it him. Let's make it him. And honestly, yeah. it's a and, good uh, choice because you need to you need to very slowly reintroduce Kit Harrington as anyone other than Jon Snow, Jon as Snow. shown by yeah. um, the amazing success of Pompeii, the Kit Harrington led film Pompeii. Not familiar. I wonder why. Yeah, uh, I do think the Ebony Blade. I think looks fucking sick in its like aesthetic design, um, and I think it's interesting that they're pairing him with Blade. Yeah. Also, we got Blade a lot I earlier mean, than a, I fucking would. If anybody's going to be interested in an ebony blade, it's Blade, isn't it? Oh! <laughs> I am white. Yeah, you are. I am. Um, kind of talking about like the penultimate, or not pen, like the like the ultimate conclusion of the movie. Cersei be, being able to um, full metal alchemist uh, transmute anything into whatever the fuck she needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about just like the way like how do you feel about the movie's like final showdown like the, from the scene on the beach to when she's turning the celest- the when they're aborting the celestial Jesus. baby okay that's what this I mean that's what their mission is sure. they're trying to abort this like yeah. space god but also um, like the space god is kind of into it too which I think is a very, yeah, is like, a very like, interesting thing where it's time. like not all celestials are the same you know and this one's like you know, I'm just being born right now, but I am imbued with eternal knowledge. Uh, and yeah, I kind of agree. Maybe it's a good call if I just kind of sit this one out. Yeah. I kind of like that. And I'm I'm really 
I haven't seen a lot of chat about this online and a lot of people I talk to I uh, at the theater when they're coming out. I was really in, I was really really into the Icarus Cersei thing. I don't know why. Maybe I was really sure. sleepy. It just it hooked me. I liked the idea that these two just fucking alien weirdos just fucking fell in love with each other and then shit just started to not work out because they have to be together forever <clears throat> and yeah and one just made like a terrible mistake like i do feel the sadness that icarus has realizing that i can do this and help and change what we need to do but i've already done all of this i've caused right. gilgamesh's death i killed ajak my our mother like and i found all of that stuff to be very um very is a strong word i found all of that stuff to be captivating and yeah. i think that a lot of that is the chloe Zhao stuff that she's really putting in the character work and the time in there to make that happen however i do think that the marvel stuff kind of steps in on that and stuff that probably sung on the page is maybe diluted down a little bit visually which is not chloe Zhao's thing chloe Zhao is a visual storyteller she's fucking great at getting in there and communicating stuff wordless um and I, so I liked a lot yeah. of the stuff at the end. I did, um, but I also agree that the last half hour is where it gets the most kind of marvely. But you also have all the Chloe Zhao-ness of it all attached to it, and that's where you're just kind of like, "Wait, how am I supposed to feel right now?" And then you're just like, "My name yeah, is Crow. So I am Side Boss." And you're just like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, great." <laughs> yeah, and like some of it really vibes. Like I like. That's really when, like, the, you know, the the muted color and, like, some of the visual storytelling really works for me. Like, seeing the, the giant celestial rising out of the water in the background and mm -hmm. how he's, like, encompassing this entire battleground that they're fighting on I thought was really cool. I really like Icarus being, like, trapped into the ground. Um, I really... I, I like a lot of that. Like, that's kind of when, like, all the muted colors and stuff, like, actually kind of, like, really worked for me. And that, that reminded me of, like, Nomadland scenes where it, like, really worked with just, like, the spiraling vistas ahead of characters or like ahead of like the van and stuff like that. And like, I feel like that was, I could actually like sense that in this movie. And, you know, now that you mentioned, I do think I love so many of the character driven moments, but I almost wish that maybe there was less dialogue. Like you can have character driven moments without so much talking, right? Like maybe yeah. they, there could be more characters like uh, the scene when they're on the ship towards the end of the movie and they're just kind of all like hanging out and like, you know going through all like the stuff that uh makari has like found on the ship and they're just hanging out and like trading twinkies for ancient tablets and stuff like that i'm like that's cool and there's not a lot of talking like they're just like hanging yeah. you know and it's like oh that's kind of i kind of like that like that's a cool scene um i agree yep i i, yeah. I think that the and small maybe, moments are very good and you know i'd like more of them but also i think i got a good amount for a two and a half hour sure. movie i agree that probably dialogue <sighs> wouldn't really need to be used for a lot of stuff but again this is a movie for people who read ratings on rotten tomatoes so you gotta make yeah, everything yeah. you gotta explain everything as much as you can to make sure people don't feel dumb because if people feel dumb because they don't understand something then the movie's, then bad. The movie's bad yes yeah. yeah that's true um yeah i mean you know the ending it, it just kind of like was very marvel and got really intense. And I thought, like, you know, Sprite's betrayal, like, made sense because they, like, yelled it at me. But, like, I don't yeah. know if I, like, No, totally I, I agree. Yeah, there, there's a lot of heavy-handed yeah. stuff in this. But, again, you know, it, it, it's, it's not... They gotta it's not, do it. They gotta do it that they, way. It, yeah. It's like, listen, man, like, this is what they're going for. Like, what, do you want the movie to be three and a half hours long? And, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, yeah, no, the movie true. has its faults. It has its downsides. It has its yeah. stuff. But... I don't think that it has anything that's aggressively terrible. Um, no, people giving this shit like one or two stars, like on Letterboxd yes. and like talking like it's like the worst fucking piece of shit ever made. It's like, guys, like yeah, it's better than any DC movie almost I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you know, True. like it's better than Man of Steel. It's better than like, no. you know, like don't fuck, don't fuck with me right now. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, like, it's a know, silly world that we live in. And people seem yeah. to think that opinions and clout are currency and they're fucking not. They just show, yeah. they just show at least me and probably a lot of people, um, 
where your fucking initiatives and morals lie. That's all it is. That's all you're right. doing when you're attacking shit like this. It's just like, you know, you can not like this movie. You can give this movie like two stars and be like, listen, this didn't work for me. And it's like, and I'll fucking get it. I totally understand that. But if you're going to try and tell me that this movie is complete dog shit, I want to know what other movies oh, yeah, like, you like. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're Joker's the we're not in the market of like the world, but fuck Eternals. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. I'm gonna cool. change. I'm gonna change my name to Tyler Durden. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Overall, like, I thought the movie was cool. Oh, what was uh, what was the spoilerly the super spoiler moment from the trailer that's in this movie? That you uh, want to fucking Ajax talking, literally just talking to Icarus. Oh, and they're having their own, like, side Because then combo. she's fucking yeah, that's dead true. at the ranch, and you know that you're going to get a flashback of Icarus talking to Ajax yeah. at the ranch, and I'm just like, you're just... And I already walked in, like, kind of thinking, I was like, oh, Icarus will probably be revealed to be some kind of a manipulative force. Maybe not a full-on bad guy, but, like, he's the most powerful. It would make the most sense yeah. for him to be... And he literally has that line, and he's just like, you can't fucking beat me. Because, you know... Yeah, we, I love I love that shit, dude. We, when he's fighting them and he's like he does he's like I'm gonna fucking kill I'm you guys. Yeah, my way. I'm like this like, is and I love, this is cool. And like and I love the scene beforehand. It like and maybe that's what you're talking about when he's like, "Don't mm-hmm. fucking come after me. I come will on. kill yeah. you. So don't do it." Yeah. And I like how everybody doesn't just go, "We're gonna stop you." Some people are like, "I'll fucking join you," and some people are like. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we should do this because we can't beat him. And some people are like, no, I agree with him, but I'm not going with him. I'm not like, I like that there is. Yeah, that was cool. The diversity of the actual characters other than the color of their skin and their their sex or their sexual orientation. There is diversity in you are a different type of person because of these things and your experiences in life. And again, like making Icarus like positioning him, him as like the main antagonist of the movie and then having crow in, in a cave also fucking with people. It's just like, it just dampens like just all this buildup. They just fucking earned yeah. it too. And it's just I mean, like, I think that we're guys, kind of like, selling crow short. I think he might be like the new killmonger. Like crow might be the best Marvel <laughs> bad guy. I feel like everybody's dunking on crow. Everyone's dunking on crow, but like you his know. name's crow. <laughs> First His name's off. Crow. He's like he's like Iron Ironmonger, and he's got um, four Book eyes. Boy, four um, of them. No, and I, <laughs> I think that there is something to be said with the diversity of this cast and having it end up being that you know the fucking straight white guy in the crowd is like the one he's that ends guy. up being kind of like not even the bad guy, just like dude, you don't fucking get it. Like we don't have to like you yeah. don't you're, well, you're trying mean, to you follow know, like the rules and the way that it's been. You don't have to fucking do that. I'm on team let humans live for sure. But like, you know, what he's what he's fighting for is just like, well, it does seem like these space gods are pretty important to the ecosystem of reality. This is so what like we're maybe, supposed to do. This is yeah, this is like, what we've been what doing we've this been whole time. Yeah. I do think it's like a little bit and maybe it's just like the narcissist in me, but just like uh like it he, they've done this like millions of times, but like humans are the ones where they're just like we're going to fucking fuck this I up. I mean, and that's a thing. So I much. can't believe that this movie is able to sell and that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been able to sell to general audiences for so long is that all of this stuff, as we go out into multiverses, as we go out into galaxies and different dimensions, yeah. it all comes back to Earth. And it's just like, they're able to it's do that so, dance so yeah. well. Once you think about it, you're like, oh, that is weird. But in the moment, you're just like, I mean, you got a roofer, right? We are people. That is it. I, yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's, I do. It's, I do. It's, it's headquarters. It is like, you know, it, it just gets a little, you know, it's harder. It's getting it's, harder for me to suspend my disbelief. It's why they're opening up the space stuff like I was talking about earlier. They, I know, but, they, but like, you know, spots. you know, they're going to other planets that like, you know, Brie Larson's protecting. It's like, did they have celestial seeds on their planets? Do they not sing and dance and love and fuck and do the things that we're supposed to protect? Like, I don't know. You know, like, are they that are they not better than humans? Are they worse than humans? Mm-hmm. Like, are we really that great? I saw mad people, people, mad people in the world won't take this fucking coronavirus vaccine. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? I mean, but, that uh, is that is the argument, too, that's kind of presented by Fastos being like, these people aren't worth saving. Right. Um, and it has yeah, probably one of my favorite lines. 
in a Marvel movie as like as very simple and basic as it is. And I've been a huge admirer of it since it was in the trailer. And it is uh, 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 you've loved this planet. You've loved the people of this planet since we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. And I think that it's a very simple yeah. statement, but it really is at the root of the movie. And I'm happy that it was so at the root of the movie because the movie very much is about when you have a duty and you've been doing something for so long and it's worked out so far, you know, there's been some hiccups and stuff, but like, this is what you're meant to do. Is it worth deviating from that because of love? Is it worth changing yeah. what you're supposed to do? Because you love something or someone or a planet of someone's and stuff like, does that make sense? And, you know, I think a little bit of that is in Icarus where it's like, I don't think, you know, it's not his intention to fall in love with Cersei, but he does. He feels something and he's like, I'm yeah. going to make the jump. I'm going to do this. I want to do this, even though he's like a fucking weirdo. But luckily, so is she. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a very I think I think the movie has more on its mind than your typical Marvel movie. Does it have more on its mind than any yeah. Marvel movie? No. You know, I think the Guardians movies have a lot on their mind. I think Infinity War has a shit ton on its mind. Um, and even things like, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Iron Man 3, Winter Soldier, you know, the, you know, the Sokovia Accords and Civil War and Age of Ultron. Like these I things, mean, this is like, things this is on like its the, mind. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like the biblical, this is like the Bible, the fucking, you know, origin story of humanity in the MCU. Like it has, a, it does have a lot in its mind, you know? And like, it's something I think about a lot is that like, you know, I think some of the reasons why, like you can, you can, like why do so many characters in Marvel movies, like they still like dress up and wear their underpants as their, like they still wear costumes. Why do they do that? And it's just like, well, in the MCU, since the beginning of time, there have been super people wearing funny outfits protecting humanity. Like it all kind of checks out in this universe, yes. right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and I like and I, and like, it's stuff like that that I really like, and it, and like that's some, some more subtle stuff. I kind of wish got like the spotlight even more, like how the Eternals really shaped not just humanity but like Marvel's picture of humanity, you know. And like I think we could have seen more of that, but there's still space for that to happen, you know. Like we only got we only got to see see a few vignettes of seven thousand years of them mucking about. So oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, and I'm knows. sure they'll kind yeah. of utilize that too to kind of pop it in there. Like they'll probably use Eternals messing around back in the '60s or whatever for Fantastic Four to pop in and stuff. Yeah, it'll they'll do it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Cool. All right, Mike, you got anything else on Eternals before we head out? Nope. Just again reiterating, uh, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. That's it. Fuck rotten tomatoes. A bad, you want to you don't want to eat a rotten tomatoes. Yeah. Why are you, you eating into that? Uh, well, hot takes isn't the only podcast we do on Story Screen. Story Screen Beacon.com was a host of many articles, podcasts, and reviews. For five dollars a month, you can have access to our members-only feed of even more podcasts where we talk about really niche shit. Uh, Mike and I did a, a series of podcasts where we cover video game adaptations. We also did one where we talked about every John Carpenter movie, which is a lot of fun. It doesn't Mike even make Bernadette any are... sense. Like the splat rotten tomato is green. A rotten tomato is not green. That's a that's an unripe. It's like brown. To, it's like brown. Go on. It's so fresh. It's it's so fresh. Uh, Mike and Bernadette are doing a series on Tony Collette, and they only have three hundred episodes left. So you know you can you can sign on to that anytime you want. Anytime you want, you can do that. She has seven movies coming out this year. And is it supposed to be, be like you brought a tomato with you to the movie, and if you don't like the movie, you throw the tomato at the screen and it splats. And if you like the movie, you keep the tomato? Do you we just give... finished doing a horror fest at the theater, but we also are doing, uh, maybe Mike, you can tell us more about it, a queer film festival at Story Scream. Is that, would you like to, to plug that a little bit? And it's like, is it like sixty percent is when it's rotten? Like you're telling me if forty, I think, if, I think bound, I think bound is playing this week, and we have birdcage next week. The tomato week. is bad. That means the whole thing is rotten. I guess that makes sense. I feel like if I feel like if fifteen percent of the tomato is bad, I usually throw it. You shouldn't away. eat it. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, that's rotten. I don't. Yeah, don't I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, we're showing bound uh, <laughs> and um, the birdcage in association with a uh, big gay Hudson Valley up here. Uh, they do a lot of really really awesome live performances and shows drag shows um 
they put on um, theatrical plays and just just really really cool stuff. They're awesome. They 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 love to party, and we asked if we could party with them. And so we showed Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, already to sold out shows. So we've got Bound coming up um, uh, this week, and then we've got The Birdcage coming up next week. And all that info and tickets, if you live in the area and want to go, you can get it StoryScreenBeacon.com. And that's where you find all the all the shit I'm talking about. For showtimes, tickets, and more, head to storyscreenbeacon.com. Until next time, I've been Robbie Anderson. Why name it Rotten Tomatoes if only some of the stuff is rotten? You get where I'm coming from here. The name of the thing implies be mean to this. And that's been Mike Bridge. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.